Hello and welcome to Match Day FM. It's Morgan and it's deflected in out of absolutely nothing. Curzon and Ashton lead. Dixie to Hardy. Hardy in behind. Hardy past the goalkeeper. Hardy into the goal. 2-1 filed. Chance of Colin Day bubbling everywhere again. The other shot. And it's in. It's a recall as for Colin Day. It's been coming. What a gap and he goes through it. And Akron gets the first try of the game for Siddle. They've got it with Smith, they've got it with Smith, they've got a score with Smith. Unbelievable. Great chance, they've won it. Ashton have won it. Hello and welcome to the Match Day FM podcast with me, Chris Stotts. And today I'm joined by um, my good friend, Balve and Tom. Um, first of all, guys, we've had an international week. I'm now into the Premier League for the final running. Um, are we excited to see how um, the twists and turns are going to unfold over the next few weeks? I'm not a massive fan of international breaks, to be honest with you. Um, I only really watch it to make sure you no know, Liverpool players get injured. That's the only reason I watch it. If I have to watch internationals, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan, like I said. But like you said, Premier League is back uh, this weekend. Uh, I know we're going to talk about the, the biggest game for me personally this weekend, the Arsenal-Liverpool game which we're, which we're going to touch on later on in this podcast but I am excited for for this round of of the Premier League to, to get started again and Tom for you a couple of good results for Belgium <laughs> well you expect them to be really I mean it's a group that I don't think is too challenging for them um no I I, 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 I would say it's more expectation really rather than hope that they would do well um but anyway I'd rather move the talk from the internationals because my interest has, is rather limited to, yeah, as you would say, that just those couple of matches. So, um, moving on, no, I'm fully looking forward to getting back to normality with the uh, domestic action and the league. Um, just, yeah, the, the things that I still have to play for excite me a lot. Uh, that, that Well, that final relegation spot still to be decided, unless one of the other two pull out an absolute miracle no one can see. And the top four, still as wide open as it, as it was. So, um, yeah, look forward to seeing how that all pans out. And starting today, then, um, the big news of the week is the announcement regarding Sergio Aguero. Um, moving on at the end of the season from Manchester City, let's face it, he's been an absolute revelation for um, the Blues since he joined the club. I remember his debut against Swansea where I think he got an assist and pinged one in the top bin and we all thought, hey, up, they've got a good in here. And his, you know, his famous crowning moment is, of course, the uh, the Premier League winning goal, uh, which obviously I'm a huge fan of. Um, but in terms of coming to you first, Bob, just how key do you think Aguero has been then in the rise of Manchester City in recent times? I think I think he's been absolutely influential. He's he's one of the biggest names probably to, to sign from him when the takeover happened. I think the only one before that was probably Robinho. That's when you thought it's Man City is going to be a big, big team with, with the money that got behind them. But Robinho came and went. Aguero stuck around and he's seen the fruits of his labour. Like you mentioned earlier with, with that goal against Queen's Park Rangers. Um, the title was headed to the red half of Manchester and then Aguero popped up with that eye iconic moment of of the commentator just saying Aguero and it, it, I think it would just forever forever live live in memory of 
A, Man City fans, and I think B, more importantly, football fans. Apart from Manchester United fans, of course. But Tom, <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you know, touching on 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 that that goal again, that was very much his defining moments in a Manchester City shirt so far. But what are the odds um, of him having a couple more, especially with City going in for the quadruple this season? Um, you'd imagine he's going to have a say. Just it's written in the stars for him to score in Champions League final, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think the purists would like that to sort of. You see, you, you say it's probably the the pinnacle, the end of the road for his career at City to win that Champions League. Um, actually, it's it's a weird one. It would feel like the culmination of a lot of things because it was when he was signed, you felt like that was City sort of getting the, the slot of the jigsaw, the puzzle, because they got company in 2008. And Silver, I believe, David Silver, they got in 2010. And then Aguero was 2011. So gradually they were building something. And so that spine, which led them to those titles of the early part of the decade, was formed at that point. So when you saw that, and then they go into that season, 11-12, and you saw how well they're doing, you thought, hmm, this could be, this could be the one, the one that were, that they, that you think, oh, they might have actually cracked it with the money now. They might actually, the two, the money actually might be leading to something for them. And then obviously it happened in the most dramatic way. And yeah, I'm not going to lie, I've absolutely relished the opportunity to, um, to rub salt in the wounds of United and we'll do so here <laughs> I can see it in your face <laughs> but, but uh, no in all seriousness yeah that, that if, if he was able to win the Champions League after scoring the final that would like you feel like that would be the culmination of the entire Manchester City project of the past 12-13 years with him at sort of the, the pinnacle the, the forefront of it yeah absolutely it would have sort of completed the journey like you say once it and, and Balf coming back to you just Obviously, he scored, I think he's the all-time record goal scoring out for Man City, certainly in the Premier League anyway. Yeah. And um, it's, where does he rank, really, in terms of Premier League strikers? Obviously, you know, he's the best that's ever played for Manchester City. That's just categorical. and There's no arguing about it. But in terms of Premier League in general, he's surely got to be right up there with one of the best imports we've ever had. Definitely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, he's up there with... I've got some stats here for you, and I know you love your stats, Chris. Um, <laughs> minutes per goal, this is just in Premier League. Uh, Sergio Aguero, 108.3. Henri, 121.8. Harry Kane, 123.1. Salah is 127.8. Ruben Nistelrooy, 128.2. And he's on, on top of all of those amazing, great players that, that we've had that we're lucky enough to have in, in the Premier League. And also Tom mentioned earlier about the spine of that Manchester team with Silver Company and Aguero. They're building three statues outside the Etihad of them. So I think that just shows how much the City fans love them and how much the club itself loved, loved those three players. Uh, Tom, we've spent the last few minutes um, talking about how brilliant he is, which begs the question, why? Why is it, why are they letting him go and letting him go for nothing as well? Um, surely he's got a little bit more left to offer, especially if, you know, led to believe that he's been linked with Chelsea, Inter, Barca, even uh, a, an incredible switch over the over the city to Manchester United. Surely that suggests that he's got more in the tank. Uh, it's a difficult one because I think City are always looking to not lose any momentum with the project and keep it fresh and. Obviously, Aguero is, for sentimentality reasons, Aguero is perhaps their most treasured 
one out of the past well, decade or so. I mean, maybe company you could argue was at that similar sort of um, sort of what the, the, the regard these the fans used to hold them hold them in. But I, I think they're just sort of trying to look to the future. And I mean, you've got the, the shoes that you have to fill if you're trying to get into replace Sergio Aguero. It's yeah, it's not easy forever to bring in. I mean, I mean, what uh, Fernando uh, Torres maybe. Maybe, yeah. Could he do it? That's the one to ask. Um, no, I think it, I think now it's announced that he's gone. You'd obviously expect them to bring someone in because the the, the well, one thing you know about Manchester City is is that they never try to leave in any any holes or anything exposed. Apart from maybe the last season when they really did um, get it wrong with the uh, the centre back situation, but I think they're learning from that now. So they're trying going to try and try and get as much depth as they possibly can and you can yeah if, if Aguero's going I would safely put your money on them and get a striker of some sort well, I'm going to Tom if you were oh, if you were sorry sorry Tom if you were the man city owners and you had obviously got money to spend who would you bring in to to replace Aguero because you've got quality players all over Europe yeah. who, who would you have uh, oh, for City it's an infinite amount of money you'd famous uh, Haaland yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the one. Obvious, the obvious that's one that springs yeah. to mind. Uh, if they, I mean, obviously, the whole the whole Germanic project going on at Chelsea might tempt him away, but if they could lure him, that will perhaps, yeah, you'd say a bit of signing of the summer very easily, unless unless our beloved Lot Bell managed to uh, prize Mbappe away. But I can't, I'm not too confident about that. <laughs> also, we've got the Harlan link of um, his dad used to play there as well. So there's, there might be yeah, someone in his exactly. ear saying yeah. Mbappe. There's, there was talk of Harry Kane. He's not getting any younger, and is he going to win any trophies at Spurs? I, I, I could see so. Kane. I so, could see it being Kane. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. I think Harlan stays. Um, I think. I think Haaland might stay for another year at Dortmund before then a big move to somebody. But I, you'd imagine Harry Kane would fit fit the bill. Um, he would slot in perfectly in that front sort of front attacking team of City with Sterling and Jesus and De Bruyne serving you. Like, yeah, and what, if you think you he's what he's doing already in in a Tottenham team, which no disrespect to a very good Tottenham team, doesn't have the quality behind him as what he would have at Man City. If he's scoring 20 goals every season for Spurs, just think how many he will get mm. in that City team. So that, that's the one for me, which I think um, could could be interesting. But then to throw out the next question to each of you then, where will Aguero play his football next season? I'll come to you first, Balve. I think if he is as loyal as City as he says he is, I don't think he will go to another Premier League club. I think he'll have a final swan song in Spain. Whether it be Barcelona with the Messi connection, I don't know. He could go back to Atleti. I think that's where he could put... That's what, if I was a betting man, that's where I would put money. Maybe go back to Argentina. Mm, I'm not sure. I think he's got a lot to give. And I think he's still a striker. How old is he? 32, 33, boys? Somewhere around that. 30, uh, yeah. He's 32. Yeah, so he's 32, then, so he's still got... Yeah. Although he's coming turn, to the end does, of his career. He does, turn, he does turn 33 in the summer, though. Oh, lad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I, I still think he's got a lot to offer. And I think if I would put money, I think he'll go to Atletico Madrid and go back to where he signed from. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I'd go along those similar lines. Um 
I, I, I don't think they'll go to anywhere, anywhere else in the Premier League for that's the obvious reason. Um, plus the fact that the Spanish the fleet sp- speaks the fluent Spanish, La Liga, La Liga would think is this natural next destination. Uh, I'd say it's more Atletico as well because um, they tried that the sort of homecoming signing with um, Fernando Torres, and they when he eventually worked his way back there and before he called it quits. So I can imagine that if they can sort of lure him as well and sort of keep that heritage line going that um, I think he'd fit in quite well there and Atletico look like this are they still on course to win a Liga this season Atletico very much in, the, in with a really good shout yeah, aren't they yeah so if they're able to learn that that'll attract him if they're really looking building on something so yeah I could, I'll go Atletico if it's safe there yeah well uh, I know a few of the gossip columns are suggesting a potential reversal of the whole Tevez situation uh, across in <laughs> Manchester Surely United have got to, got to ask the question of the agent, but after what he's done for Manchester City, best part of a decade, that uh, I can't see that. I, I think he will go to Spain. I think Messi will have a word in his ear. I could see him at Barcelona myself, but we'll have to wait and see, won't we? You're listening to Matchday FM. Is this where one of the differential penalties come in now? Just pushing out a scrum or something. What the bloody hell is a differential penalty? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the eye-catching game of the upcoming Premier League weekend is Arsenal against Liverpool. Both sides in the hunt for different European competition places for next season, uh, with the Europa League looking like Arsenal's only bet, really. Liverpool looking to avoid the Europa League, as strange as that sounds, and go into the Champions League, of course. Um, In terms of who this is bigger for, come to you, Balve. Is it a case of... Arteta needs a strong end to this season now to make sure they get at least that Europa League spot. Yeah, in terms of which which is bigger for for, for each team, as, as a Liverpool fan, I, I would obviously be completely, completely biased and say Liverpool. But I think if we if I put my unbiased hat on, I think it's bigger for Arsenal. I think they, they're ninth in the league at the moment. They, they won that Europa, they won that Europa League space and Liverpool are, are doing well. They've got Real Madrid in in the Champions League next week, so I'm not sure. It's it'll be it'll be an interesting game. It's at the Emirates, but this season I don't think home advantage is a thing anymore. Not with the fans there anymore. So it's it's tough to say who who the game is bigger for in terms of points and in terms of league positions. And Tom, for you, um, again, like I said, you know Arteta will need that strong end to the season to sort of. Um, and sure, he's still there really next season, um, considering, you know, again, they're still in the Europa League, still in the hunt for actually winning that and getting a um, the Champions League spot. So, weirdly enough, it's arguably the best bet of both of these to get in Champions League next season to win the respective competitions this season, i.e. Arsenal winning Europa, Liverpool winning the Champions League, considering of just how close and tight it is in, in terms of the Premier League place to get in. Yeah, Arsenal certainly, you know, that's their only route now. I mean, I think Liverpool, I think we've, we've pretty much 90, 90% have given up on Champions League as domestic. Although, my, that being said, what, five points off with nine games to go? Stranger things have happened. If we get hmm. Liverpool, would win eight. You look at last... United last season, for example. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's so tight. It's so tight. Exactly. exactly. But the quality of the teams around, though, are 
I, I, I wouldn't. No, I'd, I'd still bank on the Champions League a bit more because it's just a straight pun, isn't it, for knockouts and. You, I mean, you can, it's basically if you can win three games, and because you can still afford to lose, like in the in the leg format anyway, in the quarters and the semis. Um, no, I'd still say Arsenal. It's the bigger game for Arsenal because Arteta knows that it needs to show some kind of progress in the in the coming um, coming months and sort of when they come to when they come to view in the season, they need to he's just say, oh look, I've taken this team further on from last season. Um, form wise, they'll be very disappointed. Um, Especially that, I mean, they got through in the Europa League, but they were awful in that second leg. I mean, I, like I said, I'd watched the whole thing. It was one of the rare games that I've actually watched in full, not involved in Liverpool. Because I watched that, I was working on that one for part of my work. And yeah, they were so bad. Honestly, it was, it was, um, it, I, th- I think that bacon was safe started by um, by the, the red card for the Olympiacos t- that the Olympiacos team got because they really, Olympiacos really looked like they might be able to pull off something truly and like you wouldn't think would happen. So they need to, if, if they're going to win the Europa League, Arsenal need to pop their ideas up, definitely. And for the, for, for Liverpool, for their chances, um, if they can keep the same formula that's going that the past two games we've had with uh, Fabinho in the, his proper position, mm. um, I have every confidence that Liverpool can win and probably should win if that if they keep that set, that sort of winning way at the moment and that set up. In terms of uh, the the game and where it's going to be won and lost, I'll obviously I'll get both of you to uh, to have a word on this. Start with you, Balve. Um, where you know what's the sort of key battlegrounds um, in this game between Arsenal and Liverpool in terms of where the points will be decided? I think it'll be in the middle of the park. I think Tom just took the words out of my mouth, and I think if Fabinho is playing where he's supposed to play. I think that'll be crucial if because he's been playing sort of centre back for the last like most of the most of the season. If we push him up to centre mid, he can then control what's going on. Him along with Henderson, I think they can be able to sort of pull the strings in the centre of the park and then pull it out to the wide or maybe push it up, push the ball up to to the front to our front three, and hopefully they can they can do the magic that they haven't really shown this season so I'm hoping this international break Salah scored two for Egypt um, during the week so I'm hoping he's got that confidence back he's got that spark back to start pushing on the back end of the season same with uh, Bobby Firmino and Mane as well they I think they need to sort of push on and score more goals to the team because for me this season they, they haven't done that with, and that reflects in where we are on the table and Tom, you, you mentioned Fabinho. Do you agree? Sort of that centre of the park and him getting a foothold in it is where Liverpool can and will go and win the game from. Yeah, definitely. Because um, yeah, it's just it's more the uh, sort of approach and attitude of the players. When I see Fabinho play where he's supposed to play, it's sort of the massive relief and pressure off the shoulders of the, um, the centre backs. It's there for I think for all Liverpool fans and just. Everyone else is watching it. See, we've watched Liverpool for the past couple of months, especially with Kabak as well, because obviously he's been given the baptism of fire in recent games, and you, I mean, not had the best of starts, but now now he's got a protective layer in front of him of Fabinho. I can sort of you're starting to see now him settling in and at least showing some of the the promise that was spoken about when we when we signed him and. Yeah, it's, I don't get me wrong, it's still not the, the ideal scenario by any way, shape or form, but if it can 
winners some key matches, especially in the Champions League, then um, might still be able to salvage something for Liverpool. Yeah, well, it is going to be a, a very intriguing game. Always a uh, a good watch, isn't it? Arsenal against Liverpool. Let's hope for one of those four four thrillers or whatever we've had in uh, in recent times to, <laughs> to whet the appetite. Of yeah. <laughs> well, um, obviously, there's a lot of crucial games as Tom touched on right in the, at the start of the program. Um, you know, the relegation fight is is a big one and just quick word from each of you on that as Newcastle hosts Spurs, Fulham are at Villa, Brighton take on Man United, Burnley against Southampton. Who needs to have the best weekend here? And are you just sort of excited to see how the next um what is it, nine, ten games go? We've got Newcastle just languishing along with Brighton and Burnley, just above the AS above uh, just above the bottom three. So it's, it's tough to say, and Southampton are there as well. So it, it, it'll be tough to see who drops down. I think Sheffield United, we've, we've known that for absolute years that they're going to go down. <laughs> Only got 14 <laughs> points um, out of the 29 games. But so it, it, it's, it's, it's going to be tough to, for those teams that I've just mentioned, uh, along with uh, West Brom. But who knows? The weirder things have happened. And yeah, same for you then, Tom, you know, this is probably where we're going to see quite well. But hoping we're going to see a lot of uh, twists and turns, aren't we? Yeah, it's um, oh, it's well, it's, it's one of it's perhaps the if if the top four battle wasn't so close, this would be like the one that most what you mostly want to keep your eyes on. Um, Newcastle, although Spurs does seem extremely hard prospect, you have to remember what the Spurs form was going into this international break. If that if that if that if they don't if they if they haven't been able to mentally turn that around, Newcastle would might just fancy themselves slightly there, you know. It's not you wouldn't say it was unheard of as to for Newcastle to get something out of that game. And like like Bal said, they've also played that game less than Fulham as well. So they can see maybe even see Spurs possibly as kind of even a free hit at this point, because of the yeah, the game extra Fulham played. And the, um, perhaps the other bit which you'd say is in Fulham's favour is that they actually have the better goal difference though so if Fulham are looking at it they might if they don't can't beat Villa they really want to try and avoid not losing too heavily either because it's that tight at the moment it might even be decided by the finest of margins such as goal difference You're listening to Matchday FM it was his number hoot <laughs> we all laugh now was there any point when you were just like please stop I remember watching that match and I was thinking when is this going to end? I was meant to be going to see uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine and I just kept saying to me, like, you know, I'm just watching the end of this match and then <laughs> 10 minutes later, you know, another Patience. text, where are you? Yeah, it still hasn't finished. And to be honest, that's probably why she's an ex-girlfriend of mine. Now. <laughs> I was going to say, blame, blame John Isner for that, I was. Yeah, and, uh, and Nicholas and who yeah, both of them. This is Match Day FM, home of sporting banter and debate. Okay then, so let's uh, get the predictions then for, for these games coming up. Um, starting then on Saturday, Chelsea against West Brom. Um, start with you, Tom, um, just to mix it up. Uh, Chelsea, West Brom, how do you see this one going? Uh, formality, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> no, Chelsea, if, um, I, arguably you can say, if it's not if Manchester City weren't doing what they are doing now, Chelsea, you could say the one sort of, you're looking look to go into quite a hefty bit of form and I, I can't I can see that I can see them continuing that quite easily so um I'll go a solid Chelsea 3-0 
Balf? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think I think Chelsea can, are going to win as well. Not as much as 3-0. I think it'll be a... It's at Stamford Bridge, so I'm going to say Chelsea 2, West Brom 1. What do you reckon, Chris? I, I see Chelsea being fairly comfortable without being, like, incredible, if you know what I mean. 2-0, something like that. They're, they'll get the job done efficient. I think that's a good word to describe them under Tuchel so far. Uh, Leeds against Sheffield United. Derby game. Sheffield United are just going to play every game as if it's their last, aren't they? Because, well, chances are it's gonna, they've only got a few left in the Premier League, Tom. So um, what do you see happening in this one? Um, perhaps I'm more surprised by describing it as a derby. I mean, we all know what Sheffield United's derby is, and it's not Leeds. They're, they're, it's they're, Yorkshire. <laughs> it's Yorkshire. Come on. Well, we'll try to not. It's to the same our, area. Our podcast <laughs> colleagues, though, I might argue differently. Um, no, it's a, a derby, very loose term. But now, um, I mean, Leeds are yeah, so predictably unpredictable. But I can't, I can't see too much issues there. Either. I'll go for. Go for a Leeds 3-1. Yeah, Leeds 3-1. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tom and say 3-1. I was going to say that. I was thinking that it just feels like a 3-1 and it just feels like that's the score it's going to be um, up at, excuse me, up at um, Ellen Road. So, yeah, I'm going to go for 3-1 as well. Yeah, I'm going to disagree because I can't see Sheffield United scoring. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've been very kind to him. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go 3-0 Leeds. Um, another eye-catching game here, though. Leicester City against Manchester City. I'm going to throw to Balve first on this one. Um, big game of the King Power. Uh, Leicester very much in the uh, top four chase. Yes, they are. Yeah, so first versus third. This is a very, very interesting game. It's it's going to be tough, I think, for both teams. But considering City's form, it's, it's hard to see City losing. But... My predictions are never right anyway, so I'm going to go completely against the grain and go for a Leicester City win. I can hear the gas already. I'm going to go for a Leicester City win, and I'm going to say, let's go for 2-1 to, to Leicester. Tom? Um, actually, you think it's a formality for City, but I'm looking at Leicester's form. It's what, is it three wins in the Premier League that they've got? Back in the last five, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously the Europa League was a bit of a disaster. They lost to Slavia Prague, but outside of that, if I mean City, obviously gone into juggernaut mode now and seemingly impossible to stop. But you think if any team at the moment could pose any kind of threat to Manchester City, it's got to be one that's in form like Leicester, fighting for the top four. Um, you know what? I'm going to throw even a curveball there as well. I'm going to go for a draw. I'll go for a a two-two. Yeah, well, this. Uh... You know, am I right in thinking this could potentially be the FA Cup final as well? I think they avoided each other in the semis. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think Leicester are going pretty well. They're impressive against uh, Manchester United when they beat them in the FA Cup. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for draw. I think Leicester could get something. Ian Acho to score against his old club. I think that's my uh, tip for the week. Um, I'm going to go 1-1. Written in the stars. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Arsenal Liverpool then um, we'll come to Tom first on uh, this one um, yeah we, we, we spoke about this in a bit more depth so let's just get a, um, a quick line and a result from you Tom on Arsenal Liverpool um, I think as well touch wood we've done quite well with the international break in Belton 
um, avoid and duck and dodge any kind of real injuries, um, which is, seems miraculous compared to the season we've had so far with them. So if this, the team I know that started the past couple of games starts now, I think, yeah, I think Liverpool win. I'll go for um, 2-1 because there'll, there'll be a rallying cry from Klopp as well to make sure we can try and win as many of these last ones as possible and just see where we end up, even if it is the Europa. I think, yeah, I think that is crucial in terms of, of getting those points on, onto the board. And I've said this in Prem Talk podcast before, and I'll say it again. I hate predicting my team's scores. It <laughs> fills me <laughs> fills me with dread. I've I've always been like that. So, but I know Chris, you're going to push me for. That's what I'm for. So I'm going to go for a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a Liverpool win. Um, you want a score for me as well, don't you, Chris? Always do. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for a a one nil. And I'm going to go for Mohamed Salah to, to score that. Uh, ooh, I'm going to go one-one. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be quite uh, quite an open but even game. Going to go one-one at the Emirates. On to Sunday's games: uh, Southampton against Burnley. Big game at the bottom valve. How would you see it going? Definitely, yeah. I think both teams will be up for it, and I think both teams will want the points. But I think this is going to be a score for draw, and I think it's going to be nil-nil um, in Southampton. Tom, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like the kind of one I'd really go out my way to watch, to be honest. Um, no offence to our fellow colleague, Joe Richardson, but no, I just, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, basically their season is sort of going in one of the classic cup runs season, aren't they? Yeah. To the FA Cup semis, and I was listening to the that on the radio and I was driving and um, the whole spirit of 76 vibe we seem to be going for at the moment. Um, but no, uh, I, with this one, I, I don't think it's going to set the world. I, I'll actually, I'll go, I'll go for what said as well. I'll go for the, the nil-nil board draw. Well, I, I think Saints are going to have more of an eye on the FA Cup semi-final to come, aren't they? You know, um, mm. they're probably one or two wins away from safety and I think they'll have enough... A, across the course of the season to to get them points. Probably a bigger game for Burnley. And I I think they're just going to lump a load of balls into the box and they've got big enough players in there to win a few of them and stick one in there. So I'm going to go for a classic 1-0 Burnley away win. Um, Newcastle against Spurs. Um, Balve, you mentioned it. Uh, Newcastle in desperate need of the points. They're the ones who look most in jeopardy. Um, and Tom said Spurs, very Spursy, aren't they? Um, but Balve, which which way do you see it going? Uh, yeah, I think Spurs they they will want the points and they will want to sort of push them into the European spaces. Newcastle they, they want another season and at least another couple of seasons in in the Premier League. Tough to say who's going to come out on top, especially with the international break just happened. But I'm going to go for a Spurs win. Like so, on a way win, I think they've got too much quality across across the pitch, and I'm going to go for a two 0 win to, to 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 Tottenham in the aforementioned Harry Kane scoring both. Tom, um, again, it's the form, isn't it? Because that game, that that game against uh, Dinamo Zagreb, it was that they were so so bad Spurs, like it's. Quite worrying how bad they were. I mean, I, I mean, you wouldn't expect them to be that bad for, for the rest of the entire season, but 
Newcastle will be buoyed by that, and they're the ones scrapping for the relegation, really. And I think they might be taking that a bit more seriously. But then again, Spurs are now of the Europa League, so that was that was a route that they just lost as well. Um, you know, I'm going to throw a curveball, and I'll go for a one-one draw. Yeah, interesting. I, I I can see it being quite tight. I don't think Newcastle are going to give them a lot. Newcastle's the issue is just putting the ball in the net, though. We've seen it a, a lot. Um, you know, they left it really late, didn't they, against um, was it Villa Lascelles with a header from a yeah. corner? I think that's the best option again um, for this one. But I just think Spurs just have a bit more quality, don't they? And I can see them them nicking it. I'm going to go one nil to Tottenham um, in this one, which will open the door for Fulham, who kick off. Uh, just after the Newcastle Spurs game finishes when they go to Villa Park. Tom, if Fulham win, they will go above Newcastle. Will they win at Aston Villa? That's oh, it's a tough one because Villa, despite all of Villa's praise this season, they haven't recently have not been not been the best of um not had their own what they what we usually know them for. I mean, the draw against Wolves, the lost Spurs, they've sort of Fire's gone out a bit, and then obviously the <laughs> the sort of ridiculous loss to um, Sheffield United as well. So Fulham actually could maybe look into that and think that's a good opportunity to at least pick up a point, if not more. Um, this one as well, you know, I'm in another kind of draw fashion here. Again, I'll go another one-one draw. With this Interesting. Boy, uh, you about you, Balf, because, you know, you predicted uh, a Spurs win, so Fulham would take them above Newcastle. Will they do it? I, th- I think they will. I think Fulham have got enough in the, in the tack. I know their form has been great at the moment, but neither has Villas, so they could cancel each other out. But I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards Fulham winning this game um, away at Villa Park. And I'll go for a... Uh, let's go for 2-1. To Fulham. Yeah, I, I fancy Fulham in this. I'm going to go for uh, 2-0, in fact, to, to Fulham. Um, and the final side, pretty much in the relegation battle at the minute, is Brighton. They're at Man United. Um, Tom, how do you see this one going? Great game up at the Amex. Can Brighton nick, a, nick something from this? No, no, I don't think that's sorry. I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> no, I don't. No, see it. no, they won't. <laughs> I don't. No, I just think it'll be routine. United two nil. Nothing else much to say, really. Fair, Balve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with Tom. That's it. Two nil. <laughs> do like sometimes shooting down Stotty's dreams. <laughs> uh, I know. I, I, I was ex- I was expecting one nil Brighton ninety fifth minute or something like that. Um, I think Brighton will score from a set piece though. Um, so I'm going to go three one uh, to to Manchester United. Uh, Everton Crystal Palace is a six o'clock game on Monday. Everton still in the hunt for the Champions League, um, despite a couple of wobbles here and there. Uh, Crystal Palace just. They've managed to get themselves pretty much safe, aren't they, Balve? So, bit of a damp squib or or what? No, definitely. I think Everton's got the win. They've still got that game in hand, even though they're, they're eighth at the moment. So, they've still got to play that extra game against everyone else that is, that is in and around them. And I think it's, it's got to be a win at Goodison, hasn't it? So, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win with Dominic Calvert-Lewin scoring both. Mr Whitehead? 
Yeah, some lines to both. Um, Everton has been so, on a whole, quite very solid this season. And um, yeah, I think they'll be quite steady at home. I mean, maybe not the margin of 2 0. I'll go for a, just a, a typical Ancelotti S 1 0 win <laughs> for Everton. Well, uh, I think the big prediction is how many shots Crystal Palace will have. I'm going to go for one, um, and they're going to lose three <laughs> nil. <laughs> and then uh, rounding us off for this uh, this Premiership week, uh, West Ham go to Wolves. West Ham again, another one surprising many, and they're in with a shout at the top four. Balve, can they get a crucial win against the Wolves? I, I think they're West Ham. I'm not going to give up that Europa League spot that they're currently sitting in without fight. Jesse Lingard is on fire at the moment. Declan Rice with him. I, I think they're, they're firing with cylinders. And I think they are looking forward to this game against Wolves. And I don't, I, I honestly don't see anything other than a West Ham win. And I'm going to go for a 3-1 uh, to, to the Hammers. Final word then from you, Tom. Um, yeah, I mean, what the... the... West Ham will be very disappointed with the man of the last game, by the way, which they threw away that lead. So, um, so like without a whim, it was. I mean, we were all obviously everyone was doing the the, the classic laugh, laughing at Arsenal kind of <laughs> fans yeah. to do, and then of course all made tweet our words a bit. But now um, Wolves have been such a disappointment this season. Actually, if anyone anything disappointed me this season, it's Wolves because they had such. A great season last season. It's been a bit underwhelming. So, um, actually, yeah, I will back West Ham for this, but I'll go 2-1 to West Ham. Yeah, Wolves are usually a, a tough nut to crack, but West Ham's form shades it for me. Lingard to be instrumental. Go for a 2-0 win for Moisey's men. And that just about wraps us up um, for this week's Prem Talk. Uh, keep an eye out for any further podcasts um, talking rugby league, boxing, Anything, bit of racing, bit of everything. I think Balve's even got uh, an F1 one, F1 one coming with uh, with Rob <laughs> very soon. Uh, plenty of rugby league as well on on the website as well. All that remains for me to do is thank Balve and Tom for for their company as we've recorded this, and make sure you check out all the other podcasts and the next Prem Talk here on Match Day FM.